Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. So, Frank Lampard's gone, Chelsea fans are angry, and Roman Abramovich proves that Siberian snow leopards never really change their spots, do they? Is this another brutal sacking or just an accelerated inevitability? We've also got another instalment of Room 343, the Edge of the Boxes version of Room 101, where we talk about our biggest football pet peeves. Stay tuned, because it gets ugly. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So, Lampard is gone. The dream is over. I've obviously got, as a Chelsea fan, a few opinions on this. But, I mean, I guess, what what, what was your guys' reaction to it, generally, as a kind of mutual lot? Those all of your lies. I'm not even thought about that. Yet. No, you're going to get me going. <laughs> your face is so dead. We beat you away. Stop crying. Oh, bless right. him. I had to. That was very in the moment. Yeah. I did not find that whatsoever. It was, was very in the moment. When, when I heard it, I just thought. Damn it! Really thought Chelsea were go, were like going in a nice direction, like thinking of the bigger picture and utilizing the youth that they've got for so so many years. That's been not prioritized or utilized. Um, yeah, just just annoying, really, because I thought he he just needed more time. Like, yeah, yeah, not the best run of uh, games recently, but come on. I mean, there's plenty of other managers that have had bad runs. I mean, and have, have still kept their jobs, but it's just a case of he spent a lot of money and there's no real progress at the moment. I think on a short term basis, it's very stupid of them to to have done, done it's, that. It's funny, isn't it, to look at the what is almost for for you know uh, barring an absolutely perfect world uh, i you know identical situations at arsenal and man united where they've hired well relatively um inexperienced former players who have hit bad runs and obviously both man united and arsenal stuck with their managers and certainly man united are seeing the fruits of that at the moment whether that's the right decision i don't know but um certainly seems to be better for them arsenal obviously come out of that um dip in form again still question marks but just show perhaps demonstrates the value of just holding your nerve and famously Chelsea are not very good at that yeah, I, I think from uh, not from I think Stephen Gerrard well I've got mixed up sorry uh, <laughs> I think Stephen Gerrard put it best in his interview did he said um, yeah. you know they're in a they're in a sticky spell kind of thing uh, it was the perfect time for Chelsea to like make a statement stand behind him and get behind them yeah, you know, um, but they haven't. Um, it's, it's not in just, the nature of the club. It's you know, he prioritizes getting into that top four more than anything. And you would when you've just spent two hundred and twenty million pounds on players. It's, yeah, I mean they're not performing. He has high expectations. There's there's only just one manager. There's only one manager that's left Chelsea. Every other manager's been sacked. Or. Uh, and if Tiano Werner scores that penalty, Lampard still has a job. What the one against Luton? Yeah, because no. it, I mean, he's no. been it's because he's not been able to get the best out of Werner and Havertz, the Abramovich. I mean, there's obviously the, the poor results that you've had, 
Mm. It just looks like, and especially since they brought in Tuchel as well, who's obviously a German who is who's obviously managing the Bundesliga, he can communicate that. It looks like they brought him in to try and bring the best out of Werner and Havertz, the people that they spent so much money on. I definitely think that's it's going to be a big part of their uh, reasoning. certainly seems that way. But I don't think the penalty made it different. I mean, it looks like the decision was made pr- before that game. I don't know why you'd sack anyone on the, off the back of a win anyway. Um, yeah, I read that. The decision was made uh, after the Leicester game. Leicester. I think Frank Lampard was shaking the hands of the players when he said thanks for their uh, thanks for their effort under him and stuff like that. So I think he knew he, he definitely knew it was going to happen. I just think that like when I've looked looked back at it, looked back at it in just the way that football and the world is at the moment, I just think it's very stupid of Chelsea to get rid of a manager during you know the country's in a lockdown. Yes, last season they did fantastic and they did really well with the youth that Chelsea have got. Not being able to spend money in the transfer window, he earned the money that he got. And you know, you could say 200 million is a lot to spend in a transfer window, but break it down over two windows because obviously he didn't have that that window initially to um, to buy any players in. Mm. He's only spent like 100 million per per window, and you know you can only get a few players really these days for a couple couple of hundred and he got seven players in yeah getting them seven players in in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of a lockdown normally coming to london england capital you think great the nightlife you think of the lifestyle big club. <laughs> the nightlife at the moment <laughs> well no but i mean like prior prior towards that you think right you've got all this it's in the center you know chelsea sorry chelsea's in london you got other big clubs around London as well, but you know you're in a big part of the country. Not, not, not just not just London; it's the nicest part of London. Yeah, really. yeah, and and the fact that he's brought seven players in, which I you know ideally Chelsea really needed to strengthen yeah. the squad, and not a lot of them have really hit the ground running. They've had good spells here and there, but maybe just think about the fact that maybe the players aren't settled. They've gone from being comfortable and being in a team that works for them and works and, you know, uses their abilities to the best um, to being uncomfortable in a new country with new rules, a lockdown, not being able to have the same lifestyle. So maybe that's had an effect on the players and maybe, you know, all seven of them players that have come in have have, have struggled to hit the ground running. And then you've got the other players that are still at Chelsea that are trying to Mm. compete for their places and, positions and obviously they're going through the same thing so I just think from like a human perspective rather than just a football perspective I just think it's it's very stupid and I think these they've just got he's got about it in a very business mind and results mind which unfortunately you know football is a results game but right now you know a lot of people talking about mental health and you know looking after one another and keeping yourself busy and you know all these luxuries have been taken away even not just for us but for the you know the the people that are on the big money, and I just think yeah. that I just think it's a very rash, rash decision. Yeah, it's it's de- depressing in a way because I mean you you raise you raise an interesting point about the you know the two hundred million spent and the fact that if you if you spread that over two years it kind of softens the blow a little bit and I think a lot of the time football is about um, not only momentum but also what the what's the, what's in the zeitgeist what people what people are saying what the what the media is saying and stuff like that and as much as Lampard benefited f- last year from having the 
this sort of luxury of, well, there's a transfer ban, expectations aren't particularly high this year. Conversely, he was kind of screwed over by the fact that subsequently there was a massive spend. So it was, so in everyone's minds, it's like, well, you've spent 200 million, uh, you know, you've, you, you should be, you should start seeing, should start to see results with it. I wonder, someone said to me yesterday, speaking to somebody yesterday, and they raised a good point. I wonder if they'd spent that money in the first year and bought all those players in the first year, whether this situation would be the same, because I mean, uh, you know, if, if, even even if they'd have been underperforming as they are this year, last year, you know, 12 months ago, there might have still been that case of, well, you know, it's still early days, Lampard's still building a team and, you know, it's his first first year, give him some time. and Because it, it is, is in essence, you know, his first sort of window, putting together window. of a team, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it is depressing, as I said, from, from the standpoint of it, it just seems like, the the hierarchy has sort of forgotten a lot of the you know promising aspects of of what he was bringing not just bringing in the youth players but just sort of changing the general culture and philosophy there and and for the sake of a, you know bad a few bad results and this this was good my point is a, as a you know as a Chelsea fan it, you'd be lying if you if you ignored the kind of signs that he's possibly not he possibly wasn't the right man for the job like that really good performances were few and far between um i think the biggest issue was um he really seemed to have a lack of a of like an attacking philosophy and a counter-attacking philosophy i didn't i i sort of after one and a half years, regardless of new players and stuff, I still didn't really understand what Chelsea's plan was when the ball was in the, with his, the defence and how they were moving it forward. So. His players lost, lost concentration a lot of the time during pieces. <clears throat> so you'd notice them wander off or uh, even lose their man at corners. Yeah. There's enough things I noticed. Um, yeah, there's, they're not quick to dive on short corners either. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, and of course there's, you know, it's just a lack of some tactical awareness in a lot of places. It's just the it just highlights how inexperienced a young coach would be. Yeah, but do it, you think? Do you think if fans were in the stadium, they would have been getting behind him or being on top of him with regarding the results and the players? I think it probably would have benefited him. I think um, you know the fans. The fans get get. Um, would have got frustrated with the with the results in some of the performances, but I think, you know, as as Chelsea fans demonstrated when Mourinho was having that awful season, they stood by him. They didn't. They refused to to sort of call for his hand. It was a bit different with, um, you know, um, uh, you know, when you're just suffering half a season of of bad performances. But f- Chelsea fans have a lot of flaws, which we won't go into. But I, th- I think one of, one of their one of their biggest credits is they very very rarely turn against um, their managers and their players, uh, and I you know I don't think and I think Frank Lampard could you know do a lot do have to do a hell of a lot before Chelsea fans started getting uh, turning against him. Um, but yeah, any other manager would you be as downhearted as you are? Well, I, I, it's it's sort of mixed in a way because. Yeah, the, the sentimental value of Lampard is obviously huge, so it's um, it's difficult to take in that sense. But I, I, again, I sort of understood that mm, on evidence, maybe he wasn't the right guy. The, the difficulty I have 
is I don't understand why they, why they change now, why they change mid-season. Because first, first of all, unless you're bringing in somebody absolutely revolutionary and someone you, post, you just could not miss the opportunity to get. They like, wanted uh, Pochettino, didn't they? Yeah, so if they could have got Pochettino, I think that would have been just, just, just a, you know, a justified decision, not that, I don't, not, not that Pochettino would go. Um, you know how Liverpool went and got Klopp mid mid season. They sacked Rodgers and got Klopp because they thought, "Blimey, Jurgen Klopp is available. We probably should take this opportunity." That would have made sense. No disrespect to Tuchel. I know he's won a few things with PSG, but he he does not. He doesn't strike me as someone who you'd absolutely you know um, go mad for. Uh, none of his teams have particularly impressed in certainly not on the European stage. Uh, despite the fact that I mean, they got to the uh, Champions League final, yeah, they, they did. But I mean, I haven't got the fixtures to hand. But um, if I remember rightly, they had quite an easy run, well, run of fixtures. And uh, no, true, no, true. Obviously, yes. But in the same way that I would have, I would say the exact same about Zinedine Zidane, who's won three Champions Leagues in a row. Not not once throughout that run did I look at Zidane's teams and go, "Wow, they're." Amazing. In the same way that you look at someone like Klopp's Liverpool or, or Hansi Flick's Bayern or Pep Guardiola's Man City, you look at those teams and you go, wow, you know, they blow you away. It, has anyone ever really got that impression with a Thomas Tuchel team? I mean, maybe Chelsea aren't good enough to get a, get a manager. But my point is, unless you think that Thomas Tuchel is the man to absolutely change everything, what is the point in changing the manager mid-season, particularly when, yeah, so all, all you're all you're possibly trying to do now for, as as Chelsea is is what save save yourself from finishing outside the top four. Stop the bleeding. Is that is that really that much of a priority? I mean, we've done that a few times, and it's been absolutely fine. In fact, we finished tenth and then won the league the next year. It, it makes no sense to me that they would have this panicked moment rather than go. Well, do you know what? We've we we understood the risks of hiring an inexperienced manager when we appointed Lampard. He's we he has got a, a sort of sixty five percent of a new team this year. Let's let's just at least get to the end of the season, because the other thing I saw was that apparently Julian Nagelsmann was was a higher priority for the board, is what I read uh, yesterday or the day before. But they didn't want to. But they but they realised he wasn't going to join them mid season, so they thought they'll go for Tuchel. And I just think if what that's your logic. <laughs> Why not wait until the end of the bloody season? So, it, yeah, it just seems like same old Chelsea is back um, for, you know, and I think the, the, the culture of chopping and changing managers worked 10 years ago. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to serve them well anymore. But they will take I just look at Watford today. Um, so you really don't think that you're, like you said, you're chopping and changing philosophy can't work now you think that it's a case of investing in a young manager let him learn on the job and then eventually they'll come success yeah what, I, what I about what so. about what about if if he stepped down from the manager to be assistant head coach and they had two call i don't think or do you think that i don't think too much of a clash of yeah i, I of think I, I don't i don't think he should embarrass himself in that way <laughs> yeah it's, i think yes yeah, sort of socially i don't think that you could do that particularly as the players have been listening to this guy for yeah for so long and, and it'd be hard to suddenly tickle's got his own backroom staff he's going to be bringing his own people with him yeah he's not going to want the old manager there kind of like stepping on his toes you're going to be the manager but you can't have your assistant or you can't you'll be like well i want the job for me, I think 
I think Tuchel's got even more of a bigger job now. There's even more pressure on under him. Uh, sorry, on top of him. Well, he'll, I think he'll be all right for for, I, the, I for this season. I, I don't think he's going to be yeah. no. Like, I think. Well, it depends what happens next season. But I mean, what what does steady the ship mean? Get us, to, get us get to get us to results, maybe sort fourth. That's all he cares about. Fourth place. That's all any of them care about. But it's <laughs> getting it's, fourth place or above. Yeah, because that's just, where the money is. I've always said it really doesn't matter. Like especially if you've got money, which these big clubs will always have. It might be important if you're Leicester or you know or Everton or somebody like that. Yeah, but no, FFP, no mate, if you if you earn more money from the Champions League places, you can spend more money. Mm. No, I I understand I understand why from a business sense it's always more savvy to finish higher up in the table. But what I'm saying is, there's no evidence I don't think for uh, you know someone. Let me look at Man United. They every you know it's not like their spending's been cut ever since they started stopped finishing in the top four. Like Chelsea have been fine. Yeah, Arsenal they're, have been they're fine. They're the highest marketable football club in the world. That's, that's yeah, but it's not. But it's not like it's not like Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, that far, look at like far Arsenal. Behind like the uh, Arsenal have been out of the top four for quite a few years now, and it's really starting to impact them financially. They but they've but they've had a, they've had a financial issue since the stadium was built. Like that's that's been a long standing. They've never had the power the spending power of the bracket above, which I think Chelsea and Man United are in. And perhaps, perhaps as you say, it would be more important for a club, no disrespect, a club like Arsenal, perhaps just from a financial perspective, and as I say, from Leicester's perspective. But we finished outside the top, the top four uh, twice in the last four or five years. And, it's, and one time we won the league afterwards, and another time we... Won the Europa? Who did yeah. you find in those times that you finished outside... N'Golo Kante was was in one of those windows, um, and I'm trying to think of the other one when Conte left. It was the season we got Morata and Jorginho uh, came in. Yeah, Jorginho was the no, no, it was the that was Sarri, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, you know, you're right. Yes, Sarri's. sorry. Yeah, Morata came in in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, it was it was that. It was Jorginho and. Well, I just I, I haven't seen any evidence for Champions League football and the caliber of player. Obviously, Kante, someone who was obviously played at Leicester, won the league. Yeah, Chelsea. But generally, you find that the top players want to play in the Champions League. If you are, like you said, aiming for that top top bracket of players, you're going to need Champions League football. I, I think so as a rule, but I don't think it's an absolute absolute you know absolute rule in the sense that I really don't see the evidence for you won't be able to get players unless you're playing Champions League football, particularly because p- players understand that you have a bad year, you miss a year of Champions League football, but it's not, you know, if you, if you believe in a, t- you know, if you believe in a, take Timo Werner, for, for example, you know, he, he joined, you know, instead of joining um, uh, Liverpool, who are absolutely guaranteed to play Champions League football, he made a decision to sign for Chelsea, who at, at that time had no guarantee of being in uh, the Champions League and, you know, f- weren't favourites for it. Um, I guess that then comes into was he promised first team football? Was he going to play yeah. second middle for me? Yeah, it's obviously extreme. I just think that we'll look at Paul even Wayne's Wayne's pay that much money for him. Is, is yeah, the, of, the other of course. Yeah, I think they're interested in that. Nine players you ask out of ten of top quality players, nine out of ten will say they want to play Champions League. But I do get your point. You can still attract quality players. I, I, I think Premier League. Clubs can attract more than most, if I'm honest. Yeah. Okay. I mean, pay, like, prospects than, than most other leagues. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do agree that Champions League football will be the, the ultimate aim. I know Wilfred 
uh, Zaha, he's, he's been mourning for years that he believes he's a Champions League player and he wants to go to a couple of place Champions League football. I mean, yeah. that's, that's all he's saying. And I, I see where he's coming from. Like, if, you would um, want to play at the very top level. Test yourself, see where you are. If if Leicester and, and if Leicester finish fourth this year and Chelsea finish, you know, seventh or something, and they both go for the same player, offering the same wages, do you believe that player is going to pick Leicester over, over I Chelsea? I know it's a bit of an extreme. It's dependent, but you look at the managers, you look at how long they've been there. At the end of the season, you'll have Tuchel who's been there for half a season. You'll have Rodgers who's been there for like a season and a half, two seasons. You can see yeah. the progression within Rodgers. You can see that there's a bit of backbone, there's a bit of back history, whereas with Tuchel, half a season, you can't really, apart from if he gets into the Champions League or not, Yeah, you just got to think, which it's kind of like, do I go with a safer option or do I go with a risk? Even if you join a team that's outside of the top four, you join them because you think they'll get back into the top four. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you you, you you buy into the philosophy of the manager and the direction that the club's going to be going, and yeah. and that's the top the top clubs playing the Champions League. There's no two ways about it. So even if you're not in it at the start, you join because you think they're going to get there in the end. Yeah, and and I guess I guess I agree with you there, and I guess that's my point. In the, like, if um, you know, not finishing outside the top four isn't a disaster as long as you're confident that you're. Get back. you know gonna spend well at a point well and yeah. and manage your club well and you know which which i think if if you're chelsea and, and you think that's not the case then you're doing something very wrong like i mean you know i know the premier league's competitive but you should expect at the very least champions league football every year of course it's not doesn't happen because there are so many good teams but um yeah i i, I that's just my but I, and i think that it's silly to pa- it, it, when when Chelsea sacked Mourinho, obviously there was a lot of issues with um, him falling out with people and stuff. But it was a bit like um, Arsenal a bit earlier in the season when it was like there was jokes about oh could they be relegated? It was that sort of. I think we were fifteenth in November, and that you know that's that's something that even at the time I thought was a wrong decision. That's something that's worth panicking over. Being ninth is not. Is not something to panic over. We weren't having relegation form. That's that's my point. And I think that unless you had someone coming in who you think this bloke is is the man, then you know what what are you really saving yourself for? Yeah, I think this the spending and I think the overachievement of last season has somewhat been like a mm. catch twenty two for Lampard. I agree. Because you're right. If this would have been his first season. And he's bought all these plays, and you're not doing as well. I think they probably would have given him time, but the fact that he he did better with a worse team is definitely is probably definitely what did him over. One of the but you got to think though. You got to think. Looking at this season, look at West Ham; they're doing much better than last season. Aston Villa doing much better than last season. Southampton doing much better than last season. Leeds are doing better than expected. Sheffield United doing a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, like the you know Everton being a lot more consistent. It's There's, a completely different season to last season in, in regards to the players that he's got and also the competition that he's got. Well, those I, teams I, that you mentioned are in better than they did last season. Just that's what I mean. Worse than they did last season. That's what I mean. But, but, but there are also teams that have yeah. done done worse. Like, I, I, I 100% agree with this because I think it, 
it's a, a massive thing that gets forgotten about every, in in all leagues, in all divisions, in all contexts of football. That I think when when teams are playing well and they're having a good season, naturally they think this is this is where we should be. This is how we we are this good. And when they when they inevitably dip back below that, they start panicking and think, oh, hang on, something's really going wrong. And and obviously when when a team's in in bad form, like Chelsea are now they're you know they're going to start panicking and think oh my gosh everything's gone wrong but inevitably the form will pick up at some point it will probably start picking up now that we've hired a new manager and you know the the self-fulfilling prophecy is that that will all all the praise will go to Tuchel I don't think so personally I think he's gonna I think he's gonna go down like a lead balloon regard regardless of uh, of that like that generally is is the you, Sheffield United is a perfect example of that. Like they massively overperformed last year based on the players that they have and the and the wage they pay for their to their players. Now they're 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 not the worst on paper. They're not the worst team in the division. But you know they're somewhere in between last season and this season. That's just how football works. I, I always think that the main importance is that football clubs try and remember that. Don't panic. You know, I, I credit Arsenal for not panicking with with Arteta and for, for better or for worse you may think he's not the answer but at least you're going to find I think you're going to have a clearer indication oh, so you've been given the opportunity to prove whether he's a good enough manager or not yeah like there, there was I, I saw I saw a stat today that said uh, Lampard has more points in in 84 games than Jurgen Klopp did for Liverpool Jurgen Klopp didn't spend two hundred and twenty million in that. In those no, games. no, not in one, not in one window. But he spent a hell of a lot. I don't have the the statistics to hand, but yeah, you, you, can, you cannot say that Jurgen Klopp didn't spend money at Liverpool to build his team. He just did it over a few years. I, I still, yeah. I don't think it's twenty two hundred twenty million, is it? Well, I mean, Van Dijk was what seven. Van Dijk was seventy. I mean, they they've spent they've spent. They absolutely have spent over two hundred and twenty million. I mean, it wouldn't Allison, be one season. Allison, Allison and Blumin Van Dyke's like one hundred and fifty right there. And you know, and Fabinho sixty-five, and Blood and Cater's about sixty or something. Or yeah. Or something. yeah I know. But I, 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 the other thing that though that I think that Klopp in that time probably demonstrated a better potential than Lampard has. That you know, so you can't directly compare it. But the other thing I, I was thinking about the other day was. Um, and again, this isn't necessarily an excuse because both Chelsea and Lampard would have understood the situation. But it's funny to, to remember that Lampard is only um, two and a half years into a managerial career. Um, apart from your your freaks like Guardiola and Mourinho, who just became instantly amazing. No manager who's you know had a good career is anything close to at a top level of you know when they're two and a half years into their career and I was doing a bit of research into it so um Klopp was at Mines it was you know sort of mid-table with Mines Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger after two and a half years was getting relegated from Ligue 1 with Nancy Lorraine <laughs> uh Fabio Capello was in was coaching AC Milan's youth team Alex Ferguson was at St Mirren like to expect all of those managers to be performing at the at the height of, of you know their ability at that time would be crazy. And of course, this isn't to say that therefore we should let Lampard off and let let him be rubbish. Of course not. You know he, he's taken the Chelsea job. He knew the expectations were going to be high. But I guess it it doesn't demonstrate that he's not good enough for this level. It just demonstrates he's not good enough for the level yet. Probably. 
So do you think he came to Chelsea a bit too soon? He needed maybe like a stepping stone. Club? Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that was obvious. I mean, everybody said it at the time. But um, foot, foot, the margins in football are so slim. Like, you know, I, I think he's he demonstrated in short periods that, uh, you know, that there was potential there to, to, to be a good manager, you know. I think Chelsea's Chelsea's best has been better than what I've seen from Solskjaer's Man United, even though the, different, the difference between the two is is so great at the moment. And you could argue, you know, one thing Chelsea never had under Lampard was consistency, and the least Solskjaer has shown a bit of that, particularly recently. Um, He's been consistently inconsistent. Yeah, that's the only consistency about him. Um, you think he'll take the job again? Well, let's say he goes to a he he goes to a stepping stone club or a lesser club, and he does really well there for numerous years. Really established himself as like a, a good Premier League manager, and Chelsea come knocking again. Do you think he takes the job? It depends on on what exactly transpired in the in the current system, and whether whether the people that are there now are still there. Probably yes. Emotionally, I think it would be hard for him to turn down, particularly given that he probably would see this period as a kind of, I didn't do what I, what I wanted to do kind of thing. There's, you know, like to exercise demons and stuff, but it just depends. I mean, I mean, again, who who knows what what the truth is? But I was reading some stuff yesterday. It was saying he was, he apparently, if it wasn't Chelsea, he would have left in the summer because the because the hierarchy is so mad and kind of controlling and didn't let him get the signings he wanted. But he just thought it's Chelsea. I can't. I can't do it. Again, who knows if that's true? But it. But it. But it doesn't sound the most unbelievable thing, given given the context of the club. Mm. I'd like to see him go away and and. You know, I. I, I his job. Lampard and Gerrard competing for this. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Celtic. Um, I mean, I would not want to go to Celtic. They're they're not. You know, that's not a. They're they're on the downs. They're on the downward spiral. They're not coming back anytime soon, are they? Um, but I don't think it'll be. I don't think this isn't a Gary Neville type hiding of management. This is the, he's you know he's he's wounded Lampard, but he you know he's demonstrated enough, I think, to get another job. You know, certainly in the Championship, if not at a at a Premier League team. Um, and I don't think it seems like the kind of guy that that will come back and won't sort of go. Well, I've had enough of that, so. Um, I hope, I hope he comes back. Yeah, he he will do. I just I think if if he comes into Chelsea one more time, I think he'll have a lot more um, like credentials for when when he wants to be a part of the club. He'll he'll know what went well, what what hasn't gone well, and he won't want the same thing to happen twice. Mm. I think what was good was seeing all the messages from like the the Chelsea boy. Yeah, yeah. Really, really I commented on that saying, "All right, Pete." I think there's there's some I don't know exactly how true it is, but there was some speculation that uh, there was Rudiger and somebody else. And, went to, and oh, Rudy, Rudiger and Kovacic supposedly. Yeah, yeah Kovacic. That's an to the to the board complaining. And again, if you've got a problem, obviously speak to the manager. If the manager's you know, obviously, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if they have spoke to the manager, but they're mm. taking it up to the board, and then the board to do it off. If, if they have done it, not solely off these two players coming to them, but obviously results as well. But you know, if that's something that was that got the the snowball rolling, mm. then you know, shame on them too. 
it's always yeah it's always I mean from from what I've read I think there's evidence to say that Rudiger and Azpilicueta had a had some sort of bust up but yeah. the, the rest I take with a pinch of salt because you know I, I first of all I think you're a professional football club players are getting left out players are going to be I'm sure this is happening at every club all the time it's just when put into context it sounds bad but Look I Danny Rawls in the Tottenham um, yeah there's it always goes on, and and I remember when Mourinho got sacked, and there was a there was a there was some bizarre story about how Eden Hazard, Diego Costa, and Cesc Fabregas had been the three who'd who'd got rid of Mourinho, and then it just turned out to be completely not true. And but but for a couple of weeks, it was all over social media, Chelsea fans game. They're rats, you know, get them out. And of course, it was just not true. So I, I'm sort of taking this Rudiger stuff with a pinch of salt. I'm like, well, maybe, but then he, or. Is he just a is he just a, a bloke who's not getting in the team who who's you know slightly frustrated at that fact which is the case in every club like I don't know whether it's quite right to to swing the sword aim um, but yeah I do a rat too cool too I'm so like very underwhelming <sighs> I I can't honestly I can't I can't see him doing well. I, I just think it's the the climate at Chelsea, the fact that he's obviously he's come from a farmers league. <laughs> I just I just can't see it. Like I'm just not oversold on Thomas Tuchel as a manager. Like he's not really. Would would um would like let's say Guardiola went briefly to manage in France. Would he would he then be sort of poisoned? Would he be forever poisoned? Like you yeah. can't win he's he's yeah. coached there. He's rubbish yeah. now. <laughs> well not the fact that he's rubbish, but it's just like I thought I thought better. I'd I'd bet I had I had, I had better expectations for you and I yeah I expected better from <clears> you. No I just I'm just not overly sold on him like the he was at Dortmund wasn't he? Yeah. Got like, he got sat there. He won one trophy, granted, obviously, against Bayern. But even still, it wasn't like, oh, wow, look at this new manager for Dortmund. It was kind of like, oh, he's all right. He's won a trophy. Oh, he's sacked. It's like, what's his deal? Like, what? I just don't, I just, I, I'm just not, I just, yeah, I'm very not sold on the idea of him being a, a good manager and the fact that he's been at PSG and won a few more trophies, which, like in all honesty, if I was manager, I could win a few trophies at PSG. Yeah, and and as as I said, I mean, I think he's obviously got the he he's his teams are very structured, and you know he's he's got a bit of a kind of pressing system as well, and that you know they work hard and stuff. And there might have been a bit of a the obsession with German coaches that's currently in football, and B we've got two German superstars who we've got to get playing well. So hire a German, he'll get them to work kind of idea. Yeah, there was, there was that story about uh, Chelsea putting like a job offer out like German speaking coach, please. <laughs> Guys, banking boots are Ralph Ranjuk. And he turned us down. <laughs> and like, you know, in terms of, I'm just like, look, just if you want a German, wait for Julian bloody Nagelsmann. Like, it's not difficult. What's Michael Ballack doing these days? Could he not be part of the backroom staff? Michael Ballack. Oh, oh that would be fun. Yeah. Why, why get him in backroom staff? He'd, he'd whip him into shape. To be fair, I mean, yeah, because we've got, um, I swear we've got Claude Makalele hidden somewhere in the club as well. Like we could get, <laughs> he, he, did a, he, did a, he did a PSG assistant manager's job, I think, under Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, he, he could be. And then we'd have like Lampard, Ma- Ballack, Makalele, 
check. Get get SEN when he's sorted. Uh, sorted is whatever he's doing. Get drug was got to go to politics, surely. Like some sort of. <laughs> He'll definitely become like prime minister. He might, yeah. Like, definitely a political figure in Court de Bois. Would yeah. you have rather kept Lampard on to the end of the season and then, like you said, waited for. Ab- abso- absolutely. I'm, I mean, I think that given the context of everything, at the very least, he deserved to to prove whether he could or couldn't get out of what is essentially his first bad run. I mean, we've not been consistently good ever, but this is the first run of form that's lasted about eight games that's been difficult. And, and again, I don't, think, I don't think the season's at risk enough for, for you to warrant pa- panicking and sacking someone. I think, you know, you may, you may differ with this opinion, but I, I don't think finishing outside the top four is that dramatic. Um, and I would have given him the certainly to the end of the season, and then it just it just frees up your options, doesn't it? Even even if you know, I'm sure I'm sure Thomas Tuchel will still still be out of a job in a few months if you really really want him. Uh, and then you might be able to get somebody better. You might be able to get Nagelsmann. Who who knows who will be who will be free at that time? It's a lot. It's Ten Hag. Yeah, Ten Hag is another one I I would have preferred to to Tuchel. It just I honestly it just it seemed like. You know, I'm a 27-year-old journalist who has no experience in the business world, but surely what I've described there is more business savvy than than what these tossers have done. Strong words from a weak man. Well, he's only got an 18-month deal, apparently. Too cool. Yeah, well, he's so he's getting announced as we're recording this. Um, what he's going to steady the ship, and then they got they are going to find someone different. Yeah, I agree with Gary Neville. I, I think he's he'll be well. Just you know why? I know it's different to say with Lampard because it was a bit of an odd situation. But unless you think this is the guy to take us forward for the next five or six years, then why are we hiring them? Is my answer. Unless they think there's no one else to hire. Ancelotti, usual interim manager, wasn't available. Uh, well, 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 no, Rafa, Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez. Is, is available. It, there was a real, I panicked so much because there was a story. I think he's just left his Chinese. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what I mean. He's available. I was like, oh, that's get Rafa crazy. back. Because yeah. <laughs> I was saying to somebody before, I was like, Tuchel is the least, um, the, 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 the managerial signing I've been least excited since Abraham. Well, since I've been a Chelsea fan, other than Benitez, um, but yeah, it would have been so funny. It would, do you know what? I would, I would have. That would have been fun. I would have sort of, in a horrible way, enjoyed that. <laughs> Benitez round two. Get him back in. <laughs> Give him another chance. He would have steadied the ship. He did it last time. Yeah, he took us. And from, he won a trophy, didn't he? Took, he took. He took us from uh, three points off the top to twenty points off the top. But but all people remember is the trophy. That's all they remember. He won a trophy. He must have done well. That's one of my pet peeves. Yeah, we'll get oh, on to that. Yeah, I've got a few. I've got you, a few you, of them. For later. You know it's going to happen with Tottenham though. If if Jose wins the League Cup, <laughs> and it's like which we will, and then it's like oh well, you see, Poch, Poch, Poch. And five years there, six years. Didn't win a League Cup. Mourinho comes in for a year, wins a League Cup. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think he'd do massive things if he does yeah, win the League Cup. You're forgetting. They'll both win a Cup. They would have both won a Cup. Yeah, you're forgetting. Yeah, in, in, in 11 days in PSG, where he's played 
been manager for like what one or two games. He's won won a trophy. That's the French league for you. Yeah. No, it just but it made me realise that Pochettino is now a good manager because he has <laughs> no, like, he sold got, out. No, he sold on, out for he's a, got trophy. a medal. Josh, he's got a medal. Like you, he didn't win trophy. one in England, but he has now got a medal, and that it, is. It, it, no, getting a trophy in France is like getting a medal for taking part in a in a, in, in a track track and field event. You can see. Did you see the picture of Pochettino with the trophy? You can see it on his face. He's like, I haven't really earned this. Have I? No, exactly. <laughs> what do I do? I really wanted to earn something before I like. I wanted my first trophy in management to be earned properly, not by playing one game. Well, he's won the Audi Cup before, isn't he? So he got something. Yeah, he won the Audi Cup against. But I'm not being funny, right? We beat both Juventus and PSG to get that, mate. Don't. It's pre-season. Don't matter. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, we're going to do another round of football pet peeves. We're going back to room 343. That name is going to work. I'm going to force <laughs> it down your throats. Uh, I've got it up on my wall, actually. I've, I've little, um, got just a little reminder up on the wall. So, uh, so yeah, it's basically anyone who didn't join us last week, it's the... Uh, football equivalent of Room 101, where we say each say a pet peeve uh, of ours about football. It can be anything about the, the subject of football, anything at all that really bloody annoys us. Um, last week we had the disrespect shown to refs and officials, uh, which we voted uh, was was going into Room 343. Uh, so who wants to start us off? Who's got a raging clue? Who's got a raging pet peeve? I've got a raging clue. I'll start us off. Um, on, so my pet peeve <laughs> is wingers with flair, but with no end product. The so Dharma Traore. You, you, so your your pet peeve is the actual players who are like that? Yeah, so players, that, they'll do tricks and skills, they'll beat a man, but then when it comes to either scoring or Across. crossing a ball or assisting a goal, yeah, they Got it. Raheem Sterling circa pre 2017. Yeah, yeah so like Adama Traore, same as well. Um, Callum Hudson Adroy. To be fair, even, and this might be a bit controversial, Neymar and Mbappe, at times, not all the time, but at times they do a lot of trickery, a lot of skill, especially in, in the Champions League. And mm. it's like, I think it was against United that saw it where. I think it was the second leg either two years ago or two years ago. And they were just, it was like showboating, but I think they still ended up losing the game. And it was like, if you'd have put that effort into scoring or assisting or having an end product of sorts, you could have easily demolished United. Hmm. So, but I agree that certainly Neymar, I mean, I, 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 know, I know what you mean with that you will often feel at times they sort of take the piss slightly with mm. with with things especially domestically when you watch those games but I find it hard to argue that certainly Mbappe doesn't have an end product but could are you are you including those who like those two who have like the ability yeah yeah so it's those yeah. that don't have the ability and those that have the ability but don't do it okay so they're both I'm included pronged, yeah okay mm. um because as of last season, everyone thought he'd kind of like broken his, his habit of not being able to do anything with the ball other than dribble. Mm. Um, he, was, he was assisting and he was scoring. Then um, I think now it's been over a year since he scored a Premier League goal. Do, yeah. do you think he's lacking the talent or do you think he's just not having an end product? 
I don't know, it's hard with him because it's, is it a consistency thing? Is it he can do it, but doesn't do it so frequently? Or I don't know, try so because I'm not, to be fair, I've not really watched much of Wolves. I've not seen a lot of him play this season. But I mean, on the ball and his movement and dribbling and beating a man is fantastic. Yeah, I think it depends on the team as well. It can be on the team as well, like his movement. But yeah, we try, I'll probably say that, I don't know, he's, he maybe can do it, but I'm, I'm not confident that he'll always produce it. Mm. So, which is his frustration in, its, uh, in itself. Apart from Traore and, as you've said before, Neymar and Mbappe, is there anyone that you're particularly thinking like? Is there any like Arsenal players or anything that you're that you're focusing on? Or Pepe. Is it, is it... Pepe. Um, Pepe. Pepe is a good one. Pepe has got all the skills in the world and should be, I think, lighting up the Premier League. But he he just can't or he, he doesn't. Yeah, Pepe is a huge frustration for for all Arsenal fans. What about the what about the wingers who are sort of the opposite of that, who have no skills and can't beat a man, but they've Mark got a brilliant Wright. yeah, Michael Wright. <laughs> Do you know what? He was in my head as well. Like Michael Wright. Um that I don't mind because because for me it's football well, not just for me, football's about goals, it's about winning. So it doesn't matter if you're beating ten players but you're not getting a goal or you're not assisting, it's for me, it's pointless unless you're like seven nil up and you're wasting time, or whatever. Like, get it in back in it. Respect the game, respect the plays that the, the opposition, and, and do what you need to do to win. I remember seeing a, I think it was a preseason clip of um, Neymar PSG against Celtic, I think, hmm. and preseason, but nevertheless, Neymar was doing all these. Tosser yeah. things like standing on the ball and blah blah, and then the, the Celtic players were rightly sort of, you know, trying to kick, trying hack, to kick him. Yeah, hack him down. And I remember he sort of was getting annoyed at that, and you could see him obviously verbalizing some sort of antagonism towards them. And I was just thinking, well, yeah, I, I agree. I was like, what a twat you obviously He's are. Never did that at Barca. No, it's only at PSG. PSG, bro, get out. Ronaldinho is my, my favourite player because he could do both. He yeah. had skills you couldn't even dream of and he'll still yeah. get goals, he'll still get assists, he'll still win games. Mm. He, he played like a child, but he still had the end product. He still realised that I need to respect the opposition, that I want to win mm. as much as I can. So, yeah, that's, that's my huge pet peeve. So, mine's a bit more um, directed towards City. But I'm not sure exactly how other clubs might take this. But whenever City play a team like Everton or Chelsea, they still play in the home kit. Ah, so you have a I know what you're talking about. A light blue, and you have like a a dark blue, and it's like, what's the point? They're both a shade of blue. Fair enough. Yeah, it's home colours. Playing one of you are playing in a away kit. Why yeah. use your away kit? Don't no, I think I think it's the referees that make that call. They they determine whether there's a kit clash, and I think the teams travel with and then the referees to potentially abusing them, rowing <laughs> space of a week. <laughs> nah, surely not. But there's there's definitely I think there must be some sort of kit manufacturer um, influence there because I, I I've noticed this as well. So like yeah. Not necessarily in that context, but I've noticed in other contexts when, um, like, for, so for, for example, Chelsea are 
when Chelsea, so obviously Blue, have played Man United or Liverpool, they've used their like new like their, they've used their third kit. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You, you have a blue kit. The blue kit's fine. You don't need to put the away kit on. Yeah. But they, they, I feel like they're doing it because they they need to have a certain amount of. I feel like there's yeah. a kind of rule where it's almost like they need they need a bit of yeah. they need TV time on yeah. with the yeah. kits to promote it. Which yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but I just as a you know city sport, I've noticed that when played Everton or any teams that are like even sometimes Leicester, it's yeah. been light blue versus. Versus like a, a darker blue. Yeah, it's For me, I'm just when, a bit like we, I just don't understand it. Like, just one of you playing occasionally it's the away kit, but often one of us will stay in blue. And yeah, you're right. It's like you have another color, lads. Like, yeah, come on. But that that annoys me. I'm not sure if any other teams get that. So Eggbeer, I don't know if you play Nottingham Forest one week. Would you? <laughs> Which you, next, you, next year, mate. The first, year. the first, yeah. the first red team that came to I could, I can't think of any others in the prem. <laughs> just Nottingham Forest, I guess. No, but I'm just, I'm just thinking like, from well, you're making a relegation joke there as well. Right? <laughs> well, let's okay. Let's think about Burnley then, because they're more of a claret, and then you've got West Ham and, and, and West Ham and Villa. Yeah. In Villa, all right. <laughs> oh, if they all were right. playing Arsenal, you mean? If they were playing Arsenal, would they play? In a claret colour and Arsenal play in a red colour. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Why? They're... Why? The, the, the quite for me, a bit too similar. One of you change up. One of you playing in a away kit. I wouldn't necessarily personally say they were similar, but I get the principle that if you've got an away kit, just wear the away. Because kit. this is what, this is what annoys me with it with this whole kit thing as well. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, with certain shirts or whatever, fine. You can't have you can't have uh, shorts that are both white. That's that's right, yeah. Maybe that shorts you it. have to be opposite. You have to have one one team and wearing lighter shorts or a completely different colour shorts, and then another team wearing dark shorts. That's why United often play in either white or very rarely at the moment black. Yeah. And no, it's you're, like you're right. What's you know, what's the problem here? Like if you can do it with shorts, do it with t shirts. Yeah. Yeah. It must be a money thing, honestly. Mm, but that's just that's my pet peeve. I've noticed it for a few years and it was it was my second running last week so it's getting it's getting the limelight with this week <laughs> i like it uh so mine is um i went after um i went after commentators last week and i'm, I'm going after pu- just pundits or just uh, it's sort of going after pundits it's sort of going after f- football people in general it, it, it's the phrase um you know in Enjoy them both while they're still here. Don't don't worry about deciding who's better. That sort of idea about Messi and Ronaldo. You know when when there's a debate about who's better, and then some guy chimes in and saying, "Guys, come on, let's just enjoy the fact that they're both here, and you know we're blessed to be in the presence of both of them. Come on, we don't need to have this." I, I agree that the the Messi Ronaldo rivalry on particularly online is is bizarrely real aggressive and mad in my opinion but no one is better than the other and you should be allowed to debate this and don't have all these people coming in going look just particularly particularly when as you guys well know is my opinion the gulf between between them is clear Messi is is a lot better than him so it, it annoys me for that particular reason but also even if it was about two players who were very similar in talent I would say no this is football. Part of the fun is debating, you know, little things like this. And don't reduce it to, no, come on, guys, let's all get along. 
and all hold hands and agree. No, screw you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just it's just people that are trying to remain impartial so they don't get hurt online. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or else Ash will come and get them. <laughs> My, Michael Richards, they're saying, "No, I'm not going to lie. I think, I think Messi's better." And then he gets a million, gets a million death threats from all of them. No, 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 no. He'll be like, Messi's like, he's almost like a, a fresh breath of air. But, well, that's what they call him, isn't it? Breath of fresh air. He is, though, isn't breath, it? Breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. He's... He loves he's, that. He's bullies Roy Keane, doesn't he? God, they go on so he's well. Fun, he's fun to watch, and he's like, yeah. he's... But 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 I, I prefer my punditry to be actually good analysis, anal, analysts of the game, and I don't think he's... I don't think that's what BBC and an ITV want necessarily or whatever he's on Sky on Sky but I don't think they necessarily want that with him but I, I prefer my Carragher's and Neville's to my mm. oh oh isn't he a lot of fun kind of kind of guy and he, and he is don't get me wrong I'd love to go for a beer with him but you know what I mean he's getting better yeah um, but yeah you're probably right it, it's uh, something I probably notice more just because I'm weird and um, you do have a weird thing about Messi yeah it's just because because it's like when when you when someone is the the greatest player the sport's ever seen and people don't recognise it to the extent that they're convinced of it. It's like it's like it's like really hardcore. Sorry, Dave. It's like really hardcore Christians who are like desperate <laughs> to tell you about God. It's like why are you so obsessed with this? It's like because it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth, man. <laughs> the people who are trying to be impartial more than the Ronaldo no uh, I, 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 I don't know of course I mean I hate him equally stupid <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think that, that there's, there's you know in every facet of debate there's always going to be stubborn people who refuse to to acknowledge the other side and and you know like you with Messi and, like me with Messi um but you know and of course that they're more annoying than the ones who but I think it's you know it's I just start to see it creeping in this this idea that you know no come on like the, the debate's going to rumble on for, I guess it's it's a frustration at the, this idea that the the debate let's stop we have to stop the debate because we're never going to really know are we we could debate until the end of time but no one's ever going to decide it's like no there is a clear and obvious difference here and you should allow people to discover that and yeah perhaps I'm a bit overboard with my messy love but um it's it's amazing when you see something that's so obvious and other people don't. Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, please, please step in if my if my Tottenham is showing. But um, my pet peeve is the overemphasis on using trophies as a measurement of success. <laughs> but yeah, so um. Like how do how how do you measure success? There's a million different ways to measure success, but I find maybe there's just me being a Tottenham fan, and that's why I get abused most online. is is based on the fact that we haven't won a trophy since like 2008. But is that the best measure of success? And I do not think it is. Uh, I think sorry, sorry, Eggby, but I mean with with the, the rivalry there oh, and the kind of yes, right so. I feel like if you're a well-run club, even though Arsenal have been winning, what is it, five FA Cups in seven years, is it? Four FA Cups in seven years? Obsessed. Five, years. A hell of a lot. Yeah, exactly. It's the Emirates FA Cup. Yeah, it's five, I think. Yeah. 
But you won five hiccups in seven years, right? Some would say that's a measure of success. You're doing brilliantly. But I, I think you've been on a downward spiral for all of that and you've just been winning FA Cups and that's it. You've not really been going anywhere. You've not really been progressing well enough. I think, it's, yeah, it's a tough one because obviously winning the FA Cup is it's, it's good to win trophies. I don't think you can argue with that, I think. But it's what we've done alongside or rather what we haven't done alongside the FA Cup. So I think Arsenal's a bit of a, a sort of different sort of vibe. It's not, I don't know, it's, I agree, we have been on, it's obviously we've been on a di- downward spiral. We've not won the Premier League um, in what, since 2004, since the Invincibles. So um, we've not gone find the Champions League since 2006. We've not been in the Champions League for past since 2011 so like what 10 years what? i've been in champions league since you mean like you, you've not been in the champions league since 2011 no not since since when i can't remember last time since what exactly and because of this and because they've been winning trophies consistently harry you do not know that fact no but everyone would say that arsenal we, i would say we were a successful club um but now we're obviously not but even though you won the fa cup last year yeah, because I don't because I think success has to the FA Cup is like a supplementary trophy. So I think we exactly. so it should supplement you progressing. Yeah, it should it, it's not a measure of it. It's more of a supplement to it. Yeah, it's more like you win. You've had a good season if you win the FA Cup and you've like come in the top three, or if you win like yeah. the Premier League. 100%. But, but you finish eighth. I mean, this 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 isn't me. Like, I'm not trying to attack. Art, yeah, yeah, no, and I completely but... agree with you, but. <laughs> So would you I, say I'm trying to was it Wigan? Wigan won it. Yeah. Would you yeah. say Wigan Tom- won the FA Cup? Would you say they've been successful? Mm. Maybe that's that's a brilliant success for them and it's fantastic. But they've plummeted since then. And you say, and, yeah, they've won more arg- trophies than Tottenham arguably, in that time. Arguably oh, a focus on the cup got them relegated. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I was gonna yeah, say exactly. So it's like we, I, I would say that Tottenham, having not won a trophy from two thousand and eight, have absolutely skyrocketed from where they were. Well, I wouldn't say you're a successful club. What right now? Yeah, I wouldn't say you're a successful club. What? I, 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 but I think I think this is slightly muddying the point in a way because I don't know whether the, yeah, the, the point Ash is making is about what what you deem a successful club. But for example, like uh, so, it's an over reliance. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's saying an over reliance on trophies to deem success. Yeah. Now yeah. Tottenham haven't won a trophy. So so what, let's take the last one. The last time they won a trophy, they were. Well, to be honest, they, they you you were sort of floundering in the UEFA at the time UEFA Cup positions, and you'd only been doing that for two or three years at that point. Um, before that, you were a solid mid-table team yep. and had been for ten years. Um, since then, even though you have not won a thing, you have become a trophy challenging, consistently trophy challenging, title challenging, Champions League finalists. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, like I mean, so, progression wise, yeah, but title contenders. Well, back, I, but, back, but again, yeah, I don't, I don't think the specifics is particular is particularly important. Like, like the, I think the the, the fact is that um, Tottenham, 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 as we know it now, is vastly, 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 vastly better than the Tottenham we knew in two thousand and eight when they won yeah, a trophy. Of course, yeah. Ashley's whole point was that. You can't. No, I've, Harry, Harry made my point. <laughs> Maybe I put it terribly. I think the over reliance on like measuring it. If you look at it on a graph, like with with Tottenham or with Arsenal, like even though you like winning trophies, it's kind of been like like that. 
kind of thing, but like steadily progressing downwards. I mean, maybe it's a, a different like it's going in a different direction now with Arteta because I think he's like the right manager for the job. But with Tottenham, like you go from 2008, like Harry said, and then you went steadily up and up and up, and now we're consistently in and around the top four, like sure. consistently playing in Europe, doing well with. I mean, I imagine if Pochettino had cared a bit more about the domestic cups, we probably could have got to a few more finals, maybe one one. So, it's so could you, you the Audi Cup? Um, success, or are you not saying? So, you saying that a well-run club is one that doesn't need to have trophies? Yeah, I'm. I'm saying, not saying that the, the, the trophies aren't needed. I'm saying that the 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 emphasis shouldn't be on the trophies. I think that if you look at all the things. Tottenham have done without them. I'm extremely proud of what they've done without the trophies, just from being well run. I think you've obviously improved and gotten better, but I still and that's think a, that's success. That's surely success. You've I, I bring money up a lot, but yeah, because I'm a Spurs D- fan. Dave, like, I, I, I feel it depends on what your version of success no, is. I'm stuck on the word success because that's yeah. where if you use a yeah. different word, I'll probably make a different point. But address. Ash's, Ash's point, though, I think, is that it is not to say he's not he's not trying to ha- trying to absolutely nail the definition of success. He's just saying that trophies alone should not be the you know the sort of main yeah, and, main and that, is, that, you look that at. is the main the main like like the the, the 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 like the thing that antagonists will throw at me online. Like, oh, you've not won a trophy since blah blah blah. But I'll be coming back because I like to argue a lot. I'll be coming back with like stats and and all these things their club are doing wrong and all this and the only thing they will fire back at me is that I oh, you've not won a trophy and it's like well I can't say anything back to that. Let's let's look at the another example. Let's look at Liverpool. Um, the year that they lost the Champions League final to Real Madrid when Carrius made that massive well a few errors. Um, so at the and Gareth Bale scored a m- and, uh, maddening best yeah. Champions League final goal of all not, time. Not quite as good as Ronaldo's bicycle kick, though. God. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going to shut. I feel up. like Ronaldo should be your pet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, he, I mean, generally. Yeah. Um, but let's let's use that as uh, also the. I think Zinedine Zidane would have something to say about your your um, claim there, Ash. Um, Best Champions League final goal. Anyway, um, That's right. he, can, he can come on the pod. We'll have a chat with him. Yeah, we'll get him on. Yeah, Zinedine, <laughs> Cizu, get, anyway. anyway, let's take Liverpool. Let's take Liverpool as, as a as a, be, a better example. So, uh, and let's take them in, in isolation when they um, when they lost that chance. So that was 20, 2018 is when they lost that. Um, at that point, Liverpool hadn't won a, a trophy since the. If I'm right in saying, the. Um, League Cup in 2012 under Kenny Dalglish. Now, I guess that to to sort of clarify, sort of summarise that, it's it's stupid in my opinion to to suggest that because that team with Dalglish and if you 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 know if I could list you the names of the people in that that team, Paul Konchesky, uh Alberto Aquilani. Um, you know these sorts of players, uh, Lucas Lever. Th- th- 
to suggest that they were better than Jurgen Klopp's team that obviously went on to win the Champions League and then the Premier League, I think it's mad to go, well, they won a trophy, but Liverpool, and, and don't get me wrong, like Klopp had a lot of chance. He lost in the Europa League final, he lost in the League Cup final, and he lost in the, and he lost that Champions League final. So it's not like it's not like they were, oh, they were coming on to becoming successful. Like they had a lot of chances to win a trophy and they didn't. And I think it's silly to to suggest that, you know, not getting over the line in a final automatically means that you're less successful than a team who happened to do it. You know, I mean, it goes without saying with the Wigan and Portsmouth examples, you know, that they're not successful. <laughs> they're not successful teams because they want to, they want a cup. Of course, it, it, you can, it, winning a trophy, winning trophies is, of course, a sign of success. I think you need possibly the biggest there, one, but it's not, the, it's, but it's not the only one. If you supplement it with progress. You could yeah. say that you could say that Wigan and Portsmouth were successful teams, but not successful clubs. I mean, and Leicester, and yeah. have a successful team now, a successful season this season. Yeah, the, well, of course they are. Oh, yeah, well, at this point, yeah. If they end, if they end the season for the for the fourth season running trophyless, are they having a successful season? Of course they are. Yeah. And they've been steadily progressing throughout that yeah. time. But you would say they're successful because they can, if they consistently won trophies. Yeah, but but if let's say if they so if they don't for the next two or three years but finish in the Champions League spots, have they been successful or not in your eyes? I think it all goes down to yeah. whether or not the team's successful or the club's successful as a club. What, what does that mean? So take what your, your example there of yeah. Liverpool. You know they are a successful team because yeah. they've won obviously Premier League and Champions League. Yeah. Obviously, time will tell in, in the next few seasons if this is going to happen a lot more frequently and then you could class them as a successful club. Whereas yeah. Tottenham, right now, Tottenham, they are being a bit of a... F, 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 but each club's different as well. So for Tottenham, they are being a successful club because of the progression. But as a successful team, No. Because mm. I think that links with expectation as yeah. well. I think that's so. I think let's say Tottenham, you guys make Champions League for the next ten years, and then in that time you've obviously progressed. You've gone to the quarters maybe twice in that, and then you, like you get closer to winning the Champions League, and then you eventually do win it. I'll say yes, you would be a successful team. I think it links with expectation, but then I think expectations the higher up you are yeah. comes with winning trophies yeah but if, if you if you go back five years no Tottenham fan would have expected to be in the Champions League final if they're being deadly honest I'll say that you you were successful yeah. in that period you weren't meant to qualify for those for the competition so like you said five ten years ago Tottenham were nowhere near the like Europa League or the Champions League specifically but you got closer and closer, and then you eventually made the Champions League, did relatively well, obviously got to the final a few years ago. Now, for me, there's an expectation for Tottenham to be making the top four consistently. Yeah. So, therefore, you would be successful because you're hitting your targets. Mm. But then the longer you were in the Champions League, the more play, better plays you got in. I would be thinking you need to win the Champions yeah. League. And the longer so, you went without it, I wouldn't say... It's like success, I think, comes in, like, periods and eras. But if, if it's about expectation, as you say there, then oh, surely, 
partly okay well then well so i was going to say maybe you'd have to consider man city not being a successful team because their expectation would have been champions league but let's take a, a slightly more realistic no, example yeah, but, yeah. yeah i suppose you have to but um but or, or like chelsea for example like a, a Ch- chelsea i mean <laughs> at the moment they are but you know are they an unsuccessful are they not a successful team i mean we've won i think one trophy since 2017 i think it's no, two because you switch managers so with is where you still have... I mean, every club's, every club's got their own tailored success. With different... You have different expectations, maybe with different managers. So, yeah. But then I guess you bring in a manager... It's hard because you bring in a manager, obviously, to repeat success. Yeah. Um, but with Chelsea, I would say, no, you haven't been successful recently. Recently. Right. Or it's, in general, it's, it's you are very... It's a case of rebuilding. It's a case of rebuilding, but you tried rebuilding. Historically, you're successful and you obviously have yeah. been successful but you just you, your expectation is probably lowered now mm-hmm. but that doesn't take away from your historical success yeah I think All you right. just have to break it down Hist- historical success team success club success and I think if all, you're going up all figurative then you're successful it's, it's all figurative to each club in each time yeah but then but and I agree with that because obviously if you're a mid, if you're a relegation battling team and you're and you become a mid-table team that's success. That's absolutely success. You haven't won a trophy, but surely even in a position like Tottenham, like I, I'm not, I'm not saying that they can go for the remainder of time having never won anything, and and that's fine. I'm not suggesting that, but surely the, you can you can measure success at a club like Tottenham through their progression from becoming, you know, here in the table and. For the sake of the listeners, I'm point, you know, and, and here in the table, I'm pointing slightly further up the table. Uh, that <laughs> Wait, is, we almost that, won that entire Premier League. Once. Yeah, it's you know, uh, you should have won the Champions League. You should surely, you you know, surely you can you can have success without. Like, I think often on the pitch, you've got success off the pitch. You're to, such okay. a well-run club, but on the pitch, you've. You have, to, I think, you have to win trophies, especially the more you improve. So, did, yeah, did, did, are getting higher and higher. What about, what about this? Players. Did Luka Modric have a successful 2018 World Cup then? Ooh. Probably because the expectation wasn't for Croatia to as, get. as a player, or, yeah, because he was. He, like, he didn't win anything. He didn't win a trophy. No, he didn't win anything. Yeah, as as a player, well, the expectation was lower. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Or did Lionel Messi have a successful 2014 World Cup? I mean, I suppose that's more up for debate. Even though, again, I think that's a bit mad because he he won the gold. But my point is, he won he won the golden boot as ball rather. He won the golden ball like Luka Modric did. But and the expectation probably was on him to win the World Cup. So did he not have a successful? Was that unsuccessful? I'd say he did, but probably Argentina didn't. Yeah, that's like individual and collective. No, well, I was going to say, I'm guessing from your objections that you're not going to vote for Ash's pet peeve at the end of this. <laughs> I think, I think it's I don't caused know what, a massive divide, though, hasn't it? <laughs> I, I, don't I still know love you, guys. Is, is, is your statement that Tottenham, or aside from any team that, because he's yours, not financial as well? Yeah, in a sense, yeah. I, 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 right, just the bare bones of it, without mentioning any any clubs whatsoever, mm. is that when success is measured, trophies are given a higher priority than they should. Yeah, 
especially not, not the, the in the sure. in the current climate of football, where it's very money oriented. So if you are uh, earning lots and lots of money, you are successful. If you're progressing forward, finishing higher than you were, uh, reaching heights you never reached, attracting players you never thought you could, you are successful. And yeah, but Ash, Ash, that's I, the whole... I think it always comes back to trophies. Yeah, but Ash, that's the whole point of football. You play to win. Yeah. Yes, but, yes. You don't play for fun. You play for a trophy. There's an end oh, game. There's but bomb for playing for trophies. But also consider consider the. I just thought of this. Consider this. Like, if you if you have to have trophies as a sign of success, success, you could have um, twenty te- or let, let's just say you know ten teams in the Premier League growing, becoming better, and genuinely getting really better. They can't all win a trophy. No. Because well, there's what, only a select amount of trophies, and you, you, so you can't. It's unfair, I think, to solely measure like trophies as a, as a as a, the indicator for success because because not everyone can win one every year. If, yes. if Man City just happen to be absolutely insane and they go and blitz the Prem and win the win the domestic treble, that you cannot then say that therefore because they won the domestic treble, no other team in England was successful this year. That is ludicrous, in my opinion. <laughs> Because that, because my point would be, yeah, not everyone can win trophies, but the successful ones do win yeah. trophies. Whether I think you're obviously, the end of the, to... if you're top, yeah, if you're top of the table, you get a trophy. You don't get a trophy for being for making a jump between five places when you was in the relegation zone. I, yeah. I you're the best team in that league. You get a trophy. You are a successful team that season out of a league of twenty other teams. You are the best out of so many teams. You deserve that trophy. If you spoke to like every fan or every player or every manager there and say, what do you want? If you've been given an exponential amount of money to be successful, to, to have the best career, it would definitely be to win as many trophies as I can and individual accolades as well. I mean, ask Poch. But but not but not in not in an absolutist terms like yeah, it did ask Poch and Poch, Poch just said the exact same thing I did like where, he was interviewed a few years ago when he was talking to Tottenham and he said that um, he literally said the words trophies aren't the only measure of success and then no. there was a lot of backlash about it no and, 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 whether, and like, whether, whether or not you whether or not you believe him Gerard always said that he didn't regret leaving Liverpool to go to a club where he'd win more trophies because you know playing for your boyhood team and being a success there is, means more to him. I know he did win trophies. With he wanted him, but, to win trophies. With but of course, I mean, it, the same trophies he could have won with that other club, United, he would have wanted to win with Liverpool. Say again? So, if because they were saying that the trophies that he probably could have won with United, he would have wanted to win with Liverpool. Yeah. So, he, he obviously does want to win trophies. No, of, co- of course, but, but I don't, like, my, my point, I was responding to what you were saying, is if you spoke to every footballer or football fan, they would say, what, what do you want? They'd say trophies. Of course they would. But that's not the only way they they would measure success. And I, I also don't think that, you, I think if if you spoke to a lot of like fans about, you know, what, what do you, you know, what do you want to, like, for, for example, when you speak to most fans, particularly nowadays, and maybe not, not so much 50 years ago, but nowadays, if you ask most fans, what do you, what do you want? Where do you, what, what do you, what would you rather happen this year? Finishing the top four or win the FA Cup? I'd say 90% of them would say finishing the top four. And that ain't a trophy. It's a measure of success. And of course, it means that Champions League football is coming your way. But ultimately, it's an indicator that you're climbing the domestic table, you're getting better, you're progressing. But it ain't a trophy. And that's yeah. exactly why Premier League teams put out weekend squads in the FA Cup. Say, say again, Dave. 
I was saying in the same progression that you would want to have in the league, you want to have in the Champions League. So you want to be in the Champions League, obviously for the finances, but in yeah. the hope that you can win the biggest European competition. Yeah, you're you're in it. You're in it to to obviously get the finances. That's completely true. It's not a trophy, but then yeah. you would try your darn hardest to win it because you but want it. But of course, everybody wants to win the Champions League, but that's not the only motivations to play in it. It, 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 you don't just want to play in the Champions League to have the opportunity to win it. You know, some, you, you, you know, Spartak Moscow players are not in there because they're like, yes, we could actually lift the big ears. They're there because, you know, no disrespect yeah, to them. But, but, but again, like, I agree with you, but it's the expectation. Those who are in the Champions those who have sort of that mentality, that determined, driven mentality, the big clubs that can do it want to win it. And I feel that if Tottenham want to become a big, a bigger club than they are, and a really successful club, they're going to have that mentality of, you know what, we want to win the Champions League. But their expectation shouldn't be to win the Champions League. Their expectation, now it shouldn't be, because no. I don't think they're at the point where they can win it. I don't it, think anyone's expectation should be to win the Champions League. <laughs> in a few years, let's say, like I said, where they're in the Champions League numerous occasions, they've got players in that can take them to that next level. It will be a travesty if they never won the, won the Champions League. If they've gained the, the right finance, got the finances, the right players, the right manager, etc., they would be deemed to not been successful if they had this incredible team. Only the, one team can win the Champions League every year. Like, it doesn't, I mean, it, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, this trophy's there for the best team of that season. If they weren't there, would you, how would you, how would you, how would the initial success be there without the number one spot and the number four spots, which grant you access to other competitions to win trophies to get bigger money? No. If, if them no. trophies, most, no, most no, clubs no. in the Champions League, if them trophies wasn't there, and if you just got a pat on the back for saying, well done, you finished fourth, nobody wins anything, that's it. You would not, success wouldn't be a thing. The fact that you aim towards, being better by if you're Bournemouth and you go up the Premier League table like they did, brilliant. They were working towards getting up and higher and higher and higher, like Tottenham are doing. They're working higher and higher and higher, and that is mainly because they the the better prizes are at the top end of the table. No one's it's, saying trophies are not are not a massive indicator of success. It's just that they're not the only be all and end all. Hmm. I just think that without 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 them, you won't have you won't have more um, areas to measure success. Yeah, yeah true. It's, it's definitely a area to measure success, but yeah. it's not. It's more motivation. Only. It's more motivation for for you to be successful, to aim towards being even yeah. more successful. And if they weren't there, then there won't be a way of. Do you guys remember we were talking about mis mismatching shirt colours? <laughs> I was going to say, fun. Thank, thank God we did yours last because we <laughs> like the third one or the second one. We just we had forgotten where we were and like I have to link this back. Thank God it's last. Are we going to summarise that half an hour discussion? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's go. Let's go back. Let's go back. Uh, let's go back. I don't so. what my topic was. <laughs> <laughs> yours, Dave. What was no, so? Flair players, so flair players that have no end products. Okay, Josh. They can or cannot do it. Mine was kit clashes with the example of Manchester City wearing light blue, um, but when they yeah. come across playing 
Uh, Leicester, Everton, and Chelsea—they're they're playing in their home kits, which are also blue. But yeah, yeah shorts, wrong, wrong or shorts, silly, yeah, kit different clashes. treatment. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine was the um, idea that we should just enjoy Messi and Ronaldo while they're here and not decide who's better. And Ash, mine was the equivalent of murdering Archduke Franz. <laughs> <laughs> The overemphasis on trophies to measure success. Um, okay. And another well, thing about that. Well, <laughs> so, go on, Dave. Who are you? Who are you voting? Who are you, um, who are you voting for? Between me and Roe, who are you voting for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do like Ash. Just because it was so divisive. Yeah, you've right. rustled too many feathers here, Ash. Yeah. I like it because I disagree with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit like that, but it's not getting it, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, Rob, don't, don't let me do that. No, we need to have a chat. Uh... This is what's good about Pepe's, there's no right answer to it. Yeah. I mean, there was in that discussion, but there's no right answer. It's annoying because Ash is sort of lit a fire under me but for the opposite reason like I was against it but yours and as and Rose are both things that I'm like uh, about like quite neutral neutral about them um I will go with go, go with the emotional reaction you know what? I am tempted to go with it but it's not the, I would go I don't know I actually do want to go with ashes but it's not something that are we, really- we voting for what you believe is the truest or are we voting for it's one a pet peeve for me it's a pet peeve that resonates one way it's like you know what well that's my how i'm doing anyway the one way it's like you know what i agree that is really annoying yeah i think Uh, it's open to interpretation to be fair go with um has this because rose i'm a bit like i've noticed it but i'm like not too close all right i'll go with has this yeah but don't you talk back to me like that (laughs) (laughs) uh josh uh, Eggbys. So the the wingers uh, yeah. with no end product. Yeah, it's just frustrating. Like it's brilliant they can do it, but just put the ball on the back of the net. Come on, mm. score and win trophies. <laughs> yes, yes. I um, I must say when Ro you said yours, I was like, yes. Do you know what I've noticed that? And before we got into the discussion, when as soon as Ash said his, I thought that's the one I'm voting for because mm. it was just what something I definitely believe. So I'm going. I'm going for Ashes, which Ash, if you choose Rose, we are screwed. That's the that's the annoying thing, Gary, because the thing is, the one that resonates most with me is that if in like in a niche, it's like in a niche where that if football clubs would be willing to not only jeopardise but lessen the viewing experience for people on TV by mismatching colours based on financial gain in a contract mm. that annoys me right so if, you know if, if they're like obviously if you're watching a kit clash on tv it's shit to watch yeah it is because you can't really follow what's going on properly you can't track the place because it's not as easy to see them it, you it, can't see like those intricate lines of four banks two banks yeah, fall yeah, there yeah. You, you won't be able to watch the formations and that for me is a big thing imagine, so if the club, imagine chelsea will... playing crystal palace in Chelsea's third kit, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like if they're doing that because they need to make a set amount of 
like shirt appearances or they're trying to raise a like you know market their their new design on the shirt that's really annoying that they'd yeah. kind of lessen the viewing experience for their fans to market a product mm. so <laughs> i'm gonna have to go with ross just right so we we've all right you know normally when we um when when we have a tie or something like this you as the podcast host you take um you normally take over uh, this I, think, is- I think if it's a tie in future, you get a wheel of fortune online. <laughs> no, you can actually do it and just figure out who it is. So I'm torn here because obviously I voted for Ashes and that's the one I want to go in. But in a way, have we not demonstrated by the, the argument of debate that we just had that that it's not like a you know some people disagree you know there's 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 there's, there's um opposition to it you know um but okay if the deciding vote is is come down to me and it's very funny ash if you've done that tactically uh, <laughs> i as much as much as i think that the opposition is is a lot to say. I, I I'm gonna have to go with what I said, and I'm gonna put. I'm gonna go with my own vote. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with mine. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with. Um, oh, you can't vote for yourself, so I'm gonna go with Ashes. Ashes uh, over reliance on trophies to demonstrate success. Going into room three four three. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, very much for joining us. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, both handles at Edge of the Box Pod. And we'll see you again next week. Bye bye.